Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast, everybody. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. He's the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody, or the day before Thanksgiving, which we are recording now, or if you're listening on Thanksgiving, get ready for some uh, Thanksgiving bets. Good luck to everyone. We've got all your Thanksgiving bets. We've got the weekend bets. Um, this is our Picks Friday on a Wednesday, Nate. Yeah, and hopefully you're having a good Thanksgiving. If you're traveling anywhere, you're safe. Maybe you're listening to this in the car on the way to see some family and it's always important to have some action on the line this weekend with being around family and needing maybe an excuse to head over to the living room and watch some football uh, while eating leftovers or after dinner with three NFL games, a couple college games mixed in on Thursday, and then a bunch on Friday, and then full-on college football last regular season on Saturday, and then an NFL week, week 12 that I'm personally having trouble with, but Maybe we'll talk myself into some plays, but we'll definitely have some some bets this weekend that I'll tweet out and the contest plays I use for the NFL, but need a little bit more time on that. But we'll have some college football best bets at the end for me personally. That's the best part of the show is when we uh, end up just talking ourselves into bets by accident or not even not even thinking about a bet. And then one of us makes a case and the other has to tail. So. We might as well just get right into it, Nate. Let's get into these NFL Thanksgiving games. We got three games on Thanksgiving day, afternoon, and night, as we always have. Let's start with the Bears and the Lions. In Detroit, the Bears laying three, the total 41 and a half. Um, I have a best bet from this game, and I like the Bears. And I know there's been talk about Chicago and Coach Matt Nagy maybe getting fired or, or who knows what the rumors around Chicago are true or, or what is true and what isn't true. But it's the Detroit Lions, Nate. They have not won a game this season. The Bears are better than the Detroit Lions. And historically, the Bears have played really well against the Detroit Lions because they are the Detroit Lions. So the Bears only laying a field goal here. I, I will happily take the Bears minus three on the road. Yeah, I think we might be the only two people in Chicago who think the Bears are going to win on Thursday because a lot of people have their doubts with their team, and rightfully so. So, And we saw the Matt Nagy rumors that he is coaching his last game, which I don't believe because the Bears are a franchise who have never fired a coach midseason in their 100-plus year history. So don't really believe those reports. I think if they make a move, it will be at the end of the season. They'll let him coach out the season. In this game against the Lions, I think the question is about who's going to start for Detroit. If they start Tim Boyle, who in his college career threw 12 touchdowns and 26 interceptions, but somehow is starting in the NFL, if he gets to go over and injure Jared Goff, then I do like the Bears a little bit in this game at minus three. Don't think there's too much of a drop-off between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields 
is the current version of Justin Field. Obviously, the upside is huge, and he gives you a much brighter future. But right now, Andy Dalton, a very capable backup to fill in on a short week. So I agree with this. your thoughts on this, Ben. Taking the Bears, the Lions are a team that are scrappy, but they usually cover spreads that are big against elite, a better opposition. But when they have to punch near their own weight class, whether it was against the Bears earlier this season, against the Bengals about a month or two, month and a half back, and then the Eagles about a month ago, they were handled pretty easily and didn't cover the game. So I think this is one of those situations where Lions in a closely spread game, a very talentless Lions, just they have a lot of injuries and it wasn't a good roster to begin with. Um, the Bears that would be the way I look in this where probably won't bet it, but I'll definitely be rooting your best bet on on this one, Ben, for the early Thanksgiving Day game. I I, I just don't I don't see it. I, it's I'm I'm like Will Ferrell from Zoolander where he's like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I don't I I get that the Bears are a mess. They're a mess of a team with organizational failures and no one knows who the head coach is going to be next week. But we're still talking about the Lions. This is the Detroit Lions. They have not won this season. They are starting a quarterback that probably wouldn't even be good enough to play in the XFL. I, I just don't see it. Um, and the stats that I'm looking at, if you just like stats too, favorites against the Lions on Thanksgiving night are 10-2 and against the spread. They are 12-0 and straight up since 2005. So the Lions don't play well on Thanksgiving, especially when they're not the favorite. So I don't see it. I love that the hook went away from that three. So I will gladly take the bears minus three. If you feel more comfortable at, at plus three and a half to take the lions, that's, that's all you, I, I get it. I get liking the hook at three and a half, but this is going to be bears all the way. They're still a decent team. Andy Dalton is not, I don't even know if he's a step down from Justin Fields. He may be a slight step up just because he's, he's runs the offense. Well, Justin Fields had some struggles. I, I really like this bet for, for bears minus three. You know, I agree that Dalton isn't much of a downgrade to Fields. And given it's a short week, he's familiar with the Bill Lazor offense from his time with the Bengals. I uh, don't think it is a, a downgrade at all. And you said it might be an upgrade, actually, um, just in this game where against the Lions defense, they're probably not going to have to ask him to do much. It's going to be a, a strong David Montgomery game. So let, let's move on to the other game. I feel like we're talking too much about a game that not a lot of people care about, although – <laughs> to, we'll, we'll, you can recap at the end and explain a little bit more why it's your best bet if you want to absolutely finishing touches on it. Raiders at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven and a half. That total is at fifty and a half. I don't love the hook on the seven eight, but uh, I don't know if you're if you have a feeling on this game either way. Yeah, I was a little surprised this line ticked up from seven to seven and a half given the uh, the injury situation with the Cowboys. Amari Cooper already out. He tested positive for COVID. I uh, was put on the COVID list last Friday. He's unvaccinated, so he will not be ready in time for this game. And then C.D. Lamb suffers a, a concussion and is a concussion protocol, and he missed the second half against the Chiefs. So he's in doubt. Cooper's out. Kind of leaves the Cowboys receiving uh, core a little bit thin, where Michael Gallup now is the number one. But anyway, the line did go up from seven and, to seven and a half. So not really sure what to make of this game because of the line went up. I think that's kind of telling. I know the totals come down a little bit. If I did have to play this game, I would just tease the Cowboys down to one or one and a half, whatever you can get it at, and find something on Sunday. I know Sunday 
maybe a little bit of not great options right now, but there are a lot of close spread games where maybe like the Dolphins or the Broncos or maybe the Vikings, if they get down to two and a half, could all make attractive teaser legs to pair with the, the Cowboys if you need some action for this middle game on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, there's a lot of really good teaser options uh, this weekend just because of the close spreads. Uh, Bills at the Saints, the Bills minus six and a half. The total is at 45 and a half for the Bills on the road. I nabbed this at Bills minus four uh, two days ago, and they have skyrocketed up to minus six and a half, which I think makes sense. They're, they're coming off a really bad loss. They're a, they're a better team than that loss, I think, suggests, and the Saints are, are going to be struggling offensively. Kamara... Probably not going to be playing. It's a low total, but I, I think this is, has a pretty good potential for a Bills win in, in pretty big. Yeah, I think the line move is how we have to start this game. And when I wrote this, my article, I wrote an early kind of first look article on WatchStadium.com because I won't have anything this Thursday with the holiday. It was Bills minus four. And then yesterday it was hit at minus four, minus four and a half, it looked like, maybe even up to minus five, because right now we're looking pretty much across the board. Bills minus six and a half on the road in New Orleans, which typically is one of the stronger home fields. So I think this line at this point is a little bit inflated, and if I had to be forced to bet it, I would take the Saints at the current number, maybe wait to see if it gets to plus seven. And I know that the public will – Beyond the Bills tomorrow, it's the last the last window game on Thanksgiving, so I can see one-way traffic for the Bills and maybe grabbing the Saints. The problem with backing the Saints, though, you mentioned, Ben, Alvin Kamara unlikely to play. Mark Ingram hasn't practiced this week, so he's a serious doubt. And then you have your two offensive tackles, Ryan Ramshek and Teron Armstead, pardon me, who are missed the last game and are long shots to play, it seems like, based on the report. So down to offensive tackles, down to running backs, and you have Trevor Simeon just sitting back there against a Bills team that has been better defensively, especially getting pressure to the quarterback. So definitely a concern with the Bills, or the Saints, pardon me, offensively. I think that's why we've seen money come in on the Bills, some money come in on the under in this game. Is on the other side, I think there's some doubts that, Josh Allen is, I'm not going to say not a franchise quarterback, but definitely has regressed from the MVP level he played at last year. He didn't win the MVP, but he certainly was good enough to be in contention. This year, he got that contract extension, and he just hasn't been very good. And the Saints' defense still has some players that can maybe cause some trouble for the Bills' offense. So I think that's why we've seen money come in on the under. And then, obviously, with the injuries to the Saints, the Bills are attractive coming off that loss. We'll have to see where this goes. If it gets to plus seven, and I'm feeling like I just need some action at night, I think taking the value with the Saints might be the way to go. But I'm in no rush to bet on the Saints, especially because before the year I bet Saints under nine wins. So I would love if the Bills could get it done on Thursday night and the Saints drop to five and six on the season. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not touching the Saints. I, I would love the Bills up until seven. If it gets to seven, I probably will stay away. But I like the Bills. I like the under, too. The under makes sense for this type of game. As you said, Josh Allen, I mean, this isn't the Bills offense that we're used to from years past, and they have struggled, um, and I think will continue to struggle. But even if they do score, you know, 21, 24 points, I don't know if the Saints can keep up offensively. So I think the under makes a lot of sense here. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Maybe first half under. I know we've bet some Trevor Simeon yeah. first half unders this season. It didn't work out last week as the brunch time winner uh, lost for the first time and seemingly a, a long time. That's been pretty good, but there were some definitely some turnovers that helped that out. But I, I'd imagine the Saints defense after getting absolutely gashed by the Eagles last week that they have a, a good game plan this week or their best game plan to try to bounce back, and that Sean Payton is very conservative with his offense. All right, situations of the week. What's the situation? Let's look at some of these situations as we head into the weekend for uh, college football, some of these underdogs that we think might have a chance of pulling off an upset over the weekend. We'll start with the hangover games. Lousy hangover. We have Mizzou. Mizzou football coming off a win against Florida, basically led to the firing of Dan Mullen, and they play Arkansas on the road on Friday, an afternoon game on Friday against uh, number 25, Arkansas. So this could be a tough spot for Mizzou after after that win against Florida. Yeah, not just a, a big win against Florida and a potential letdown spot winning in overtime, but it was the all-important sixth victory for Mizzou. And after really struggling throughout the season, they've won three of their last four games. And we'll be bowl eligible, which is big for a second-year coach in Eli Drinkwitz, getting those extra bowl practices, trying to build a program, having some momentum in recruiting. So beating Florida was big at home because that was the better chance to win than this game going on the road on a short week at Arkansas. This is a big number for Arkansas to cover, but I would definitely stay away from betting Mizzou this week who are in the bowl game. It was a very emotional win winning in overtime, going for two in the win and getting it. So I would stay away from Missouri. I don't know if I'd lay the 14 and a half of Arkansas, but if you're looking to bet a game on Friday, just definitely stay away from betting Mizzou. I'd probably just pass this game altogether, but it'd be Arkansas or pass for me. Clemson and South Carolina, with South Carolina being in a bit of a hangover situation after their win against Auburn. Nate, the Gamecocks have won two of their last three games, which is uh... – Kind of impressive for South Carolina, but they go into they, they play Clemson Saturday night. It's at South Carolina, uh, but that is an extremely large line for a game like this. Eleven and a half in favor of Clemson, uh, in, a, in in a tough hangover spot for South Carolina after the win against Auburn. Yeah, this is a similar situation as Missouri. It's an SEC East team that just got bowl eligible with an upset win at home the week prior. This time, South Carolina beat Auburn in a game that I watched very closely as someone who has Auburn under seven and under seven and a half wins really wanted that win because now Auburn would need to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl just to push that game. So I was a huge South Carolina fan on Saturday night. (laughs) Happy for the program because they got it done in that game, but also huge accomplishment for Shane Beamer, first year head coach of South Carolina. I watched the post-game interview on the field. He was very emotional. You could tell that six win and getting bowl eligible meant a lot, especially because in the preseason, South Carolina's win total was three and a half. So in theory, they shouldn't have a letdown spot against an in-state rival in Clemson, especially in Clemson's down season. But they're just overmatched talent-wise. And Clemson, maybe they're hitting their stride a little bit off that big win against Wake Forest. The line is only 11 and a half. It was opened at Clemson minus 14. So I think at this point, South Carolina probably has a little bit of a letdown, knowing that they got that all-important six victory. And I'd actually be more inclined to back Clemson here than I would with Arkansas, like I mentioned in the previous game. Sandwich games. Sandwich. 
We've got two of them. Utah off a big win against Oregon. Play, they play Colorado uh, this weekend, Friday, Friday afternoon. And then, of course, they got the Pac-12 championship. So a bit of a sandwich game for them off a big win against Oregon. They got lowly Colorado, and they're getting ready for a conference championship game next week. Yeah, usually this time of year, there's not a lot of sandwich opportunities because there really isn't much of a week next week with the conference title games only. And then same thing with the look aheads where you're just, you know, it's the last week of the regular season. So a lot of the games, a team is done and then they'll prepare for their bowl game or their season is over. But in this case, Utah coming off the big win against Oregon to knock Oregon out of the college football playoff contention. They were favored by three in the game. I know a lot of there was a lot of questioning why Utah was favored. I think they proved why on the field Saturday night in Salt Lake that they are the better team than Oregon. So Utah coming off a statement win. They clinched the Pac-12 South with the win. It's a short week. You have the Pac-12 title game next week, which could be a rematch against Oregon. It could also be Washington State or even Oregon State. But that's just a big number for a Utah team to cover in this situation against a Colorado team that has improved as the season goes on. It's also a pretty low total compared to the point spread at 52. So I would be in a inclined to bet on Colorado plus the 24 given the situation for the Utes. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good number. If you can, I don't know if it's going to get to 24 and a half, but uh, it's also, it's also a Friday game too. So it's a abbreviated slate on Friday. Maybe this game will, I know this game will be on TV, so it'll stick out. It won't be kind of in the mix where there's, it's one of like eight games going on. Like this game, not not necessarily a standalone game, but a game that if you aren't doing anything on Friday, it might be worth uh, tuning into and having a bet on Colorado if you agree with my logic. And we do have another sandwich game in UTSA. Oh yeah, this is a big one. And what's holding me back <laughs> here is is UTSA is 11 and 0. So I think they're still going to win the game because going 12 and 0 is important for them. But last week, UTSA clinched the Conference USA West Division with a game-winning touchdown with just a, in the final seconds against UAB. Now UTSA 11-0. They have the Conference USA title game next week. And they're catching a North Texas team. And it's in, the North Texas is one of those teams that are 5-6. and six. They need a win to be bowl eligible. North Texas is on a four-game win streak, so I'm sure that'll mean a lot if they can bounce back after starting one and six and getting to a bowl game. I think this is why the line has moved from North Texas plus 12 to down to 10 and a half. So big time sandwich spot for UTSA off the dramatic win with the Conference USA title next week. North Texas five and six, kind of a perfect storm. The only thing that, like I said, holding me back from maybe making this a best bet is the fact that UTSA 11 and 0. So I still think they're going to win the game. I just don't know if they're going to cover. I think North Texas definitely is the side if you want to play this game on Saturday afternoon. And we have a look-ahead game, too, with Pitt, as they, uh, they're they obviously won the ACC Coastal, doing the ACC uh, championship game. What do, you, what do you think of Pitt in a game this week? Yeah, I'm not as excited to bet on Syracuse and fade Pittsburgh just because Syracuse, even though they do fall into that five and six group of a team that if they win, they'll be bowl eligible. They just haven't played very well. And the line has gone up from the open of ten and a half. So that's probably telling me something that maybe Syracuse isn't a team you want to want to back in a situation like this, even though they should be the more motivated team. 
against a Pitt team that will be in the ACC title game next week against Juana, Wake Forest, NC State, or Clemson with a chance to play in a New York Six Bowl. And I know maybe New York Six Bowls aren't the goal for a lot of Power Five teams, at least the top teams that we talk about going into every year. But for a team like Pitt, Pitt Pat Narduzzi, Kenny Pickett, I think that means a lot for them to win the ACC title game and get into a New York New Year's Six Bowl. So I can see them maybe overlooking Syracuse a little bit, and this get result really doesn't matter for the big picture for the Pitt Panthers. Let's get into some of these picks, Nate. we got college football. We'll give our NFL picks and then uh, our early best bets. Let's just start with some college football picks because we have so much college football all weekend long, um, even into Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'll start with a Thursday game, Ole Miss. I want to take their money line, and you can convince me not to, and this is I'm not making Ole Miss a best bet because I would never make a team from the Egg Bowl a best bet because that game is just insane, and you really never know which way the uh, the game is going to go. But I do like Ole Miss in this game. Um, I, I just I think they are the better team than Mississippi State, and they are a slight underdog. You can get their money line plus 105 some places. They're plus one on the spread. Um, I know it's I, I just think they're an underdog because it's at Mississippi State. I think Ole Miss is just simply the the better team here. Um, they have the offense to outplay Mississippi State. Um, and I do think it might be a bit of a lower scoring game than people expect too. with that total at 63. I, I think you can get a surprise under a game like this. Yeah, I think there's also some weather in Mississippi, some rain yep. potentially, and that might be a reason to uh, to look under in this game just because both teams kind of rely on their, their passing game just based on the DNA of the coaches. But if it's raining, um, then it might be a little bit of an issue. If I had to p- play the game, I guess Ole Miss would be the, the way I'd go. I actually thought Ole Miss would maybe be a favorite in this game, even on the road, and the fact that they aren't is kind of making me – a little bit wary to back Ole Miss because I maybe I'm missing something in this game. But Mississippi State quietly has had a pretty strong season with their quarterback, Will Rogers. The other side, Matt Corral, has also had a good season, and he has a chance to maybe be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. So definitely a game that I'm actually probably more excited to watch than any of the NFL games. The Egg Bowl, back to where it belongs on Thanksgiving night. So interested to see what happens in this game. Um, I, I'd probably take the Ole Miss money line just for action, too, but the under makes a little bit of sense to me, especially if we get some of that predicted bad weather in the state of Mississippi. Uh, what are some college picks you're looking at? Yeah, let's start Saturday early. Boston College plus four and a half against Wake Forest. Fading Wake Forest, something I have done, I think, a few times this year, definitely three weeks ago when they faced UNC, but it was scenario for Wake Forest is pretty easy, win and get into the conference title game. However, I don't think it's going to be easy for them because they're facing a lot of pressure in a must-win situation. They had a chance to win the division last week against Clemson. They couldn't get, get it done. And now they're facing a Boston College team that is getting better because their quarterback, Phil Dracovic, is back and healthy after missing six games. He's played I believe the last three games for Boston College, and they had a really explosive offensive game a few weeks ago against Georgia Tech, and he looked very good. So I think the market hasn't accounted for Boston College having the greatly improved quarterback, their starter, who before the year Boston College had pretty high expectations because of Dracovic. 
So I like Boston College here at home catching four and a half against a Wake Forest team facing a lot of pressure and a Wake Forest team that even though they were highly ranked a few times this year in the playoff rankings, I don't think too highly of. Let's go to Minnesota, Wisconsin, a classic Big Ten game, and people are expecting three yards and a cloud of dust. I say no, Nate. I say this game's going over. I think it surprises people. The total is at 39. People, I don't know if they haven't been paying attention or if people are just expecting a regression, but Wisconsin has gone over in their last four games in a row. Minnesota has gone over in three of their last four games. This this is not the Wisconsin and Minnesota of old. This is not the Minnesota of Wisconsin from the first few weeks of the season. These are two teams that have kind of figured out how to score against Big Ten teams. And I just think 39 is a little bit too low. This game feels like a low to mid-40s type of total, like a you know, 24-17 type of game. Minnesota can score. Wisconsin can score. So I'm not really sure why it's at 39. The weather report looking ahead in, in Madison, I don't think was, or excuse me, looking ahead in Minnesota wasn't too bad of weather. I don't think it was going to be too rainy. It wasn't supposed to be too cold. 39 just seems a bit low here, and I really do like the over 39. And I think I just convinced myself, Nate, I'm going to make it a best bet. I'm going to make the over 39 for Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin a best bet. So yeah, that that's my reason. I think it's just I think it's like a field goal or, or maybe it's low for this type of game. Well, I didn't see that coming, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I didn't either until I, I think said, Minnesota. I think Minnesota and Wisconsin have scored, but they've also played a lot of weak competition. And when I think of Minnesota, it's their offensive coordinator Mike Sanford Jr. Not a very good play caller, and then Wisconsin, it's just running the ball and Graham Mertz trying to make a play and. I, maybe it's too low and you're onto something. It's a little bit maybe of a contrarian over, but I personally don't uh, don't have an opinion on the game. Although if Nebraska beats Iowa on Friday, and we talked about that game on Wednesday on Monday's show because Nebraska was a favorite in that game, and then Adrian Martinez was ruled out for the game of injury, so now Iowa is short favorite. But if Iowa still loses Nebraska, Wisconsin would clinch the Big Ten West, and then they might be in a look-ahead situation with a game against the winner of Ohio State and Michigan. So if if Iowa loses, I might bet Minnesota plus the points just playing that angle at plus seven, but going to wait and see and make that decision um, after the Nebraska-Iowa game concludes on Friday. I like it. And you've got, uh, you've got a couple more college football bets. Yeah, I think we're going opposite here. I don't know if it's a best bet for you, but I, I like Penn State over Michigan State this week. Penn State, I think minus one. I think we can grade at minus one. There's enough minus one out there where you should be able to get minus one on the Nittany Lions. And it's mostly a fade against Michigan State coming off the crushing loss to Ohio State, losing the game 56-7. to They were down 49 nothing at halftime. And Michigan State has had a great season compared to the preseason expectations, but I think that's just such a demoralizing loss to lose how they did, especially knowing that winning the game, I know they were a huge underdog, so I wasn't expecting them to win, but they probably thought they could win and win the Big Ten East, especially since they beat Michigan a few weeks before. Penn State, they're the better team. They're catching Michigan State at the right time, even though it is in East Lansing. And I guess one of the worries I had maybe with backing Penn State was how motivated James Franklin would be for this game because of the job rumors at 
LSU and USC and maybe some other jobs. But yesterday, Franklin put the uh, doubts away into that, and he signed a 10-year extension with the program to 2031. So I like that, that you're getting like kind of reassurance that Franklin is fully committed to the program, fully committed to the game. I know it's been a disappointed season record rise for Penn State, but I really like them here. And the Franklin news kind of puts me over the top to make it a best bet. Penn State minus one at Michigan State. So, yeah, I do think we have a uh, a bit of a fight here. Fight! little disagreement. Michigan State, not a best bet for me because, again, these are two teams that I just don't trust fully right now. But I Michigan State as an underdog, I think I have to take that. I, I either have to take their money line or have to take their plus two as a spread. Penn State in Big Ten play, Nate, has not won two games in a row. Um, so that's worrisome to me is the consistency for Penn State um, in a situation like this. I like that Michigan State gets this game at home. I think they are a better team than what they showed against Ohio State. I mean, most teams in this country, other than maybe like two, are going to get blown out by Ohio State. And I think simply because Michigan State got their butt handed to them against the Buckeyes, I don't think that shows how good of a team they can be and are. And they have shown this season that they are a – Pretty good team, and then they've beaten some good teams, and you know they lost at Purdue, they lost at Ohio State, but at home they've been really good this season. Um, they're five and zero against the spread. They've just done a really good job, especially at home, beating teams that they need to beat. And I, I just think this is a game Michigan State can win. I think it will be close, but I, that's kind of why I like Michigan State as an underdog here at plus two, um, or even at their money line. Um, which I think is like plus 100, plus 103 or something like that that you can find. So it'll be a fun game, I think. And I think you can make it. You, you made a good case for Penn State um, because I think it's definitely possible they can win this game. But I'll, I'm probably going to back MSU in this one. I think when we talk about the NFL and pro sports in general, it's a lot easier to count on a team to bounce back after an, a tough loss or an embarrassing loss or like a season ending loss because their professionals are getting paid. Every play is on tape. They're going to have max effort. I think it's a little bit of a different story in college where I think Michigan State comes off flat losing that game because even though their expectations before the year weren't very high, like they were basically 50-50 probably to make a bowl game. I believe their season win total was five and a half. Just the way they lost and that they've known for the last like five to six weeks that they had a shot at winning the Big Ten East that they're going to come out really flat on Saturday in a in a game where the crowd isn't going to be as enthusiastic, knowing that their chances of going somewhere big and exceeding expectations even more are, are gone for Michigan State. So I like Penn State a lot. And I faded Michigan State and Wake Forest three Saturdays ago with best bets, and I'm going to do the same this week. So take Boston College plus four and a <laughs> half, play the short number with Penn State, and I have one more too uh, for Saturday that – I really like. Yeah, go for it. I'm I'm out of college football picks now, so it's all you. Yeah, we're gonna take Tulsa plus six and a half. Tulsa, a five and there six team go. that I've been preaching all week. Uh, it came through last week night with Ball State covering and and winning as favorites to get to six and six. Full eligibility for that team in Muncie, Indiana. So I think this is gonna be a a strong trend this weekend. Not a blind bet. But blind bet these teams, but I will be betting on Tulsa, five and six team. And the, one of the reasons I like Tulsa a lot is betting against the other side. And it's SMU coming off their big AAC game where they lost to Cincinnati. They were pretty much blown out. And then you add in the fact that their head coach, Sonny Dykes, is heavily linked to the TCU opening. So 
between the coaching coach maybe thinking about his next job and the team not really having anything to play for after losing to Cincinnati last week. Really like Tulsa here, plus the six and a half, and also bet him on the money line. Hopefully you can get two to one or better on Tulsa. And maybe if you want to include Tulsa in some underdog money line parlays, I think they'd be a great uh, team to have just because the extra motivation to win this game, I think, gives them a likelier chance to win than the two to one on the money line indicates. Yeah, I like it. I, I might tell you on that one. It just makes sense. I, Numbers. Make I also want to add, I know we talked about the game on Monday, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, and, and mm-hmm. I liked Alex's breakdown, Alex Simmons, in the stadium roundtable that you can see on the website and on the Stadium Bet's Twitter account. So I'm going to wait it out Saturday and bet on Oklahoma in some form. I'm not sure if we beat the money line, but I would be fine with taking Oklahoma plus the Three and a half, the four, maybe even four and a half, if the public really wants to pony up and back the Cowboys on uh, Saturday. I'll be on the Sooners in some some way, but not best bet, but it will definitely be a maybe a little bit of a bigger bet than normal. I like it. Let's move on to the NFL. We've got a couple NFL picks uh, for Sunday um, and also for uh, Thursday as well. Um, but I, as I mentioned, and I will mention later on, I like the Bears minus three as a best bet. And another team that I like, Nate, but this is approaching with caution, not a best bet. I'm a little hesitant, but I still think I'm going to take it as a Colts plus three against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This is um, I'm always weary of betting teams that have had highs in the past couple weeks, and the Colts have been really good in the past couple weeks, and they looked really good against Buffalo um, last Sunday. They're on a three-game winning streak. Now they have beaten the Jets in Jacksonville in that three-game winning streak, so the, the opponents haven't been amazing other than the Bills in that time so maybe maybe use that with a bit of caution but i think i I like the colts coming back home their fans are excited about this team they're pretty hyped as as knowing a couple people around indy and in the indy sports media they are very excited about what this colts team can do so at home as an underdog against tom brady it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hype around indy so i'm I'm gonna take the colts plus three you know i'm actually gonna disagree with you fart and it's either Bucks or pass for me. I, I don't think I could bet the Colts at this number coming off that 26-point win against the against the Bills, a game where they got out to a lead using Jonathan Taylor's legs, and then they forced the Bills to turn the game turn the ball over, and that led to the the blowout win on the scoreboard. I just think the matchup is tougher now for the Colts run game, and it's obviously been a great run game as Jonathan Taylor has gotten even some MVP buzz. But the Bucks' rush defense is the best in the league. And I know the Bills have had statistically a good year, but the Bucks have been doing this longer. Like, this isn't just a, a one-year flash in the pan for the Bucks' rush defense. They were very stout against the run last year. So if you're going to ask me to have Carson Wentz throw the ball and not being able to use Jonathan Taylor, I think that could be a little bit of trouble for the Colts. And defensively, I feel like Tom Brady is going to pick apart a Colts secondary that maybe – got away with not having to do much last week because they got a lot of turnovers, but they were also playing in very bad weather in Buffalo in a dome indoor game. I think Brady has an excellent game and is going to put up a lot of points and not sure if Carson Wentz is going to be able to match them. So I'd actually lean the bucks. there. definitely going to consider the bucks for contest uh, on Sunday. And I'll have a tweet out on Sunday with my favorite contest plays. I like it. Two fights. 
two fights of the podcast for Thanksgiving. I like it. Um, another game I am looking at, Carolina-Miami. Now, this total has been dropping. It dropped a full point than what it was last night when I was putting this in our uh, in our show chat. But I like Carolina-Miami over 41.5. I would like it a lot more if it got to 41, and that's it without the hook. But I have been on the wrong side of Carolina totals this season, so really approach this with caution. But I do like the Carolina-Miami over. Uh, I, I think Cam is is back to an extent. I think another week with the offense helps him a little bit. And, and we saw that they can score a pretty decent amount against the Washington football team in a game that you knew they were going to lose or at the very least not cover against the Washington football team. So, I, I like the over in this one. I think this is two teams, and, and I know the Carolina defense is pretty good, and the Miami offense has been shaky this season, but I think they can get over that 41-point mark. But the, the one I am more confident in is the side in this game, which is Carolina minus one and a half. Um, Cam's got another week under his belt. Miami simply not a great team, and, and I think having Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton back together helps a little bit. Uh, I, I would probably take the Panthers in this one, uh, minus one and a half. So I'm not going to bet the Dolphins, but if I was forced to play the game, I'd actually take take Miami because I'm not bought into the Cam Newton hype. Although I do respect there was some early money that came on in Carolina, like a pick em, to get them out to a favorite. I think I might tease the Dolphins, especially maybe with the Cowboys if I need something for Thursday. But personally, probably just going to stay away in terms of side and total. I guess one advantage Carolina has – it would be their defense. It's a defense that can generate pressure, and Miami has one of the worst offensive lines in football. So I think actually the matchup that you would like would be Carolina's defense against the Dolphins' offense, who cannot protect whoever's playing quarterback. So um, I guess that's what would keep me off the Dolphins is that matchup. So um, I guess I have no problem with you taking Carolina, but in a game with a low total, definitely teaser-worthy. All right, Minnesota Vikings, Nate, you are our Minnesota Vikings expert on this podcast. They're plus three and a half yeah. against the 49ers. Is that, a, is that a team you're looking at betting again as an underdog on the road? I am, and, you know, I like the Vikings, but I also, before the year, like the 49ers. So this is kind of a matchup between, <laughs> like, two of my favorite teams, I guess, who have greatly disappointed record-wise but have won the last two games. And I'm hoping for a scenario where these teams end up being the f- six and seven seeds in the NFC playoffs because I think – it would make for really good matchups in the NFL, uh, the NFC wildcard race or the wildcard round that we'll have now in mid-January. Um, at this point, I would take the Vikings plus the points. I just think it's very evenly matched teams. You definitely don't give a full three points or even close to that for the home field advantage in San Francisco. They actually struggle a lot more at Levi Stadium than they, and they play better on the road especially in the favorite role. So I would probably lean towards the Vikings. However, I guess what I'm worried about is the way the 49ers have played the last two weeks have been heavy running and the Vikings have trouble stopping the run this season. And it's also very time consuming drives where against the Rams, that Monday night football game, they had a drive that like took 11 minutes to start the game. And then against the Jaguars, they had a 13-minute drive that settled for a 20-yard field goal. But the Jaguars basically had, like, four plays run at, like, the eight-minute mark of the second quarter. So if the 49ers can kind of implement that system where they have these long, time-consuming drives and can't, and Mike Zimmer's defense can't get off the field, 
then I'd be a little bit worried having a Vikings ticket. So it's just a lean to the Vikings at the at the number. But I think this the matchup could favor the 49ers a little bit just because we saw in the playoff game two years ago, a divisional round, when the Vikings went to the 49ers, the Viking or the 49ers just ran it down the Vikings' throat and kept the offense off the field and dominated that game. And you have you're looking at the Browns too against the Ravens. Yeah, if it's if it's more than three, yeah. <laughs> you sound excited about that bet. <laughs> no, well, I would be excited if I knew what what Baker Mayfield was gonna we're gonna get from him, but he's clearly sure. injured and not playing well. And I actually prefer if Case Keenum would play in this game and maybe catch the the Browns at like plus five or something because Mayfield is just he's just not good and and the injuries or whatever is affecting him. But if you're paying Case Keenum a lot of money to back up and a Case Keenum who's very familiar with Kevin Stefanski's system, I think that uh, he'd be an okay option to have. Although. In this game, you think you probably have to see what you have with Baker Mayfield because this game is massive in terms of trying to get back into the playoff race. If Cleveland can win this game, they'll be right within the division striking distance, and then they have a bye week next week, and then they host the Ravens the next week. So it's an interesting situation schedule-wise for both teams, especially because the Ravens play the Steelers next week, which is always a big physical game. But at, at the current price, three and a half or better, I'd lean the Browns. The other game I have, and it's an earlier game, and it's Giants plus three and a half. And I just think my number for this game made the Eagles a three-point favorite on a neutral field. This game is in New York. So the line value is clearly with the Giants, at least in my numbers, in my opinion. I'm just not sure how I'm going to get if I can get there because the Giants look so poor on Monday night. They fired offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, but maybe that's a good thing. But the Eagles, yeah, I maybe I is. haven't maybe I haven't accounted for them being as good as they have been. They've been able to run the ball really well, ask Jalen Hurts to make simple throws, and their defense is pretty strong, especially if they can rush the passer. Yeah, that's my worry. Is I think anytime you can get rid of Jason Garrett, it's a positive for the team. So I think yeah. the Giants did a good job. I think I think that's going to help their offense actually getting rid of him. But the Eagles are are like kind of like sneakily good now. I, I just don't know if they're more than a field goal favorite on the road against the Giants. I, I don't know if they're that good yet. Yeah, and it's interesting with the Eagles is I mean they still could win the game but not cover. But if you look at their last six games of the season, they're at five and six. They have three road games, but those road games are at the Giants. They go back to that same stadium next week and play the Jets. And then they play the Washington football team on the road. So those are trips, very short trips, where they don't even need to get on an airplane. Just bus trips for their road trips. They have a week 14 bye, and their other home games are against the Giants, the Washington football team, and then the Cowboys in week 18, who might be resting starters. So the Eagles might end up sneaking past the 49ers and the Vikings as one of the playoff teams because of how their schedule sets up, especially that they'll get a bye week to maybe get a little bit healthier if they have some issues. But the next two games at the Meadowlands, uh, games that are definitely winnable for the Eagles will be favored in both of them and maybe favored in the rest of the games this season, other than the Cowboys in Week 18 if there's something to play for. All right, I think that's all the uh, the NFL bets that we've got yeah. that we wanted to go through. So. Yeah, like, like I said, it's, it's an interesting weekend. Yeah, like I said, I, I wrote an article Tuesday just to get it out early, with the, especially with the three Thanksgiving games. 
What I'll do on Sunday morning is I'll tweet out the picks I use in the contest. There's a contest where I have to pick five aside, five sides, and then a contest where I have to pick seven sides. And then if there is a brunch time winner, I'll include that on the tweet. So check my Twitter at NateJacobson1 on Sunday morning, and I'll have all that information. And also would mention if there is like a bet I like, not a best bet, but something that's worth playing at the current number. So check that back Sunday morning because I'm having a lot of trouble with the NFL board for this Sunday. And we'll, we'll talk about Monday's game between the, uh, the Seahawks and Washington football team on next Monday's show as we review the, the whole weekend. And I'm sure it'll be a lot to review with all the football the next four days. So let's look as we end the show. Let's look at our best bets that we have for Thanksgiving Day and Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, let's start with uh, the Thursday game for the Bears. I'll start with them as the best bet. Minus three for the Chicago Bears. Nate, I, I just think it's crazy to think that this team is not better than the Detroit Lions. And I, I know that they have issues in the front office. And I know they have issues with ownership and the GM and everything like that, as I said. I, I just The Bears play well against the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions have not played well on Thanksgiving. So getting the Bears, just laying the three. I will take Chicago all day with that. Andy Dalton, don't think he's a step down from Justin Fields at this point with the way Fields has been playing. I think the Bears uh, can win this game pretty handily in Detroit on Thanksgiving. All right. I have three college best bets all for Saturday. Boston College plus four and a half, fading Wake Forest, facing some pressure in a game that they need to win to win their division in the ACC. I like Boston College plus four and a half and Phil Dracovic back for the Golden Eagles or the, I think it's just the Eagles right now. But I like Boston College in the underdog role at home. Going to take Penn State fading Michigan State off their loss that crushed their dreams of getting into the college football playoff potentially. And more importantly, I guess for them, winning the Big Ten East because they will not be able to win that this year after having some reset goals in the middle of the year where they thought they had a chance. Also like the Penn State extended James Franklin at 10 years, maybe not for the long term for the program, but for at least this week. I know we're going to get a focused effort from the Penn State coaching staff, knowing that their coach is committed for the long haul. So take Penn State. We'll grade that at Penn State minus one at Michigan State. And then a little bit later in the afternoon, Tulsa plus six and a half, taking the five and 16 that's looking to be bowl eligible. I guess an SMU team that just lost to Cincinnati in their biggest AAC game of the season. Also an SMU team that their coach, Sonny Dykes, is looking at that job at TCU just down the road in Fort Worth, and he might take that. So not sure how focused we're, what we're going to get from the players, but also from the coaching staff who might be looking for, or might be at a new job in a few short weeks. So Boston College, Penn State, Tulsa, three college best bets. And then for NFL, as I mentioned, check my Twitter on Sunday morning for anything I like and my contest picks. Yeah, my last college football pick, my only college football best bet, is the Minnesota-Wisconsin over 39. I think these teams can score into the low to mid-40s for a game like this. And and I think both offenses have shown improvement throughout the year. The weather shouldn't be too much of a factor in Minnesota on Saturday. Um, so I, I can see, as I said, 24-17 type of game between these two teams. So I think the over 39 can hit uh, pretty easily between these two. So that is my best bet. Bears minus three, Minnesota, Wisconsin over 39. Um, and so those are our best bets for this weekend. We appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back on Monday. Good luck to everybody 
this weekend. Have a happy and healthy and fun Thanksgiving. Have good food. Um, I know we will be having good food. Follow Nate on Twitter for all of his picks this weekend as well for the NFL. And uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. 